1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Celtic complete the signing of Yang and Quan. Rangers find out their potential Champions League qualifying opponents and St Mirren, Motherwell and Kilmarnock are amongst the winners in the League Cup. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Roger Hanna. And we're edging ever closer to the big kick-off in the league. Andrew Brennan Rogers, a couple of good career moves today from him. In comes Yang, in comes Quan. The Polish defender set to follow in the next 24 hours. It's going to be either Belgium or Switzerland for Rangers as they plot a course towards the Champions League groups again and a sad day Trevor Francis for someone of my era one of the outstanding players he came up here in his latter years and had a spell at Rangers and to go he's just 69 um, you can see from all the tributes today what it meant to so many people yeah I think we are in for another busy week in Scottish football so you can get involved 01419511025 or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB news happening all the time there's Hearts just tweeting out that they've announced the signing of Frankie Kent a defender from Peterborough United so plenty of transfer business it does seem to be hotting up doesn't it? Yeah and Hearts have been slow they've been slow at the blocks when you consider the players that Rangers, Celtic, Aberdeen even Hibs have signed this summer I thought Hearts were really slow Michael McGovern a 39 year old keeper third choice keeper he'll probably be at Hearts he was the first signing they signed another lad from Australia over the weekend to bolster the midfield and now Frankie Kent a guy who's played League One Championship down south he will be a solid centre half and at time after when Hearts had lost a lot of players during the summer they're finally getting to work Well let's hear from you 01419511025 maybe you've got some thoughts about the double signing that Celtic have made today it was around quarter past 11 that they announced the first of those Hyunju Yang the winger who's joined from Gangwon and then a bit later on around 3 o'clock they announced the signing of midfielder Hugh Kwon as well from Busan Eye Park so two signings that we're certainly in the pipeline for a while. We expected to happen. They've now been wrapped up, Roger. Yeah, and it's been an interesting summer for Celtic signing-wise. Um, Odin Thiago Holm from Norway. Uh, Marco Tellier, who missed the first couple of months of the season, has come in from Australia. The two Korean players have now come in as well, and it looks as if... N- N- Noroki? Navroski. N- ah, I see. Navroski, Navroski. Your pronunciation's <laughs> always far, far better than mine, Andrew. <laughs> he looks as if he'd been an excellent... So, uh, interesting markets... Celtic are looking at I think a lot of these deals including the two Korean lads Yang and Kwon I think they would be in the pipeline long before Brendan Rodgers was coming back to the football club um, I'll be fascinated to see how quickly they can be integrated into the first team I think with the departure of Jota and the injury to Tellio maybe Yang will be closer to the first team than Kwon he has played at a higher level you remember you know Busan and I Park are just a second tier team below the K-League in South Korea so it will be a big ask for Kwon to immediately come into the Celtic first team picture but I think Yang's got a chance for the, the start of the season Yeah, it's quite interesting looking at Celtic's business so far because a lot of people have been expecting Celtic to go out and splash the cash there was a lot of talk about a war chest when Brendan Rodgers was coming in there was obviously the uh, the fee that Celtic got for Jota as well but you mentioned if we're taking Iwata out the equation because he was you know a, a loan deal that yeah. was turned permanent you've got Marco Tilio you've got the two South Korean players today, Yang and Kwon, Odin, Thiago, Holm. These are young players that you wonder how much of a, an immediate impact they're going to make. They're certainly players that Celtic are hopeful have a lot of potential and can fulfil that. 
Yeah, and it was interesting. Brendan Rodgers seemed to recoil a little bit at the notion that he was coming in and spending all of this transfer war chest. He says his preference is to get younger players in the door like home, like Tilio, like the Koreans, and develop them, make them better players. He was saying that was the lure of coming back. So I know the point you're making. People expected Brendan to come in and spend big. There might yet be a big signing coming in the door, but he is telling everyone that he's content with the model at the minute, the the way the players, the younger players are coming in, and he wants to make them better. 01419511025 if you want to get involved. I don't think I'm being unfair in saying that you're not a K-League expert, Roger. I'm certainly not an expert in the K-League, but one person that is, is Korean football expert Jason Lee. Been speaking to him about Celtic's two new signings. Let's hear what he makes of Yang, first of all. He's primarily a right winger. He's also comfortable playing on the left wing as well, but you'll probably see him operating on the right. Um, he's technically brilliant. Um, he has a lot of pace as well. Um, he can beat his man. And when this, uh, when Yang Hyunjun really rose to fame, was he was selected as Kangwon's representative um, when the K League All Stars played Tottenham when Tottenham visited Korea, and he was just dribbling past Premier League. Um, level midfielders and defenders and I'm sure that many of the Celtic fans have seen the highlight packages out Um, you know he's definitely um, a bit raw right now physically I think that he has some development to do um, in that regard and in the move to um, Europe is is, is an exciting one but also um, a challenge for him as well I think that if he can make those physical developments um, the technical ability the finishing the mindset is there uh, for him to thrive as a prolific winger for Celtic and I'm not sure if he's going to replace Shota, who I know went to Saudi Arabia, uh, but he can for sure uh, play a big role next year um, as the winger for Celtic. Yeah, it's always hard to sort of compare leagues, the K-League and the Scottish Premiership, and how good that one is compared to the other. I think Celtic fans have been impressed with O coming in and the way that, that he's played. He's, he's maybe not had as many opportunities, but has scored a few goals. I'll be interested to see how... Yang gets on Jason Lee saying there that he thinks he's good enough to make an immediate impact and maybe just the, the physical side of the game is the, the part he needs to work on which you know is pointed at quite a lot just towards young wingers coming through a yeah, lot of the time and I don't think that's something that's been you know you could stand O or Quan to be accused of you know they they don't lack in the physical game at all um, I, I think O is still to convince a lot of Celtic supporters who came in in January when Giacomakis went to the MLS um, showed him flashes a couple of times. The potential is there, but I'm, I'm still not sure. You know, if, if Kyogo was to be absent for any period of time, I saw Benin and Rogers discussing his situation with his, his ongoing shoulder issue at the weekend. I think if Kyogo was to miss a spell, Dyson Maida would play up front. O wouldn't play up front. So for me, O still remains the third choice centre-forward, if you like, at Celtic. Um, but circumstances might push Yang closer to the first team. As we say, Jota gone, Tilly injured, Mikey Johnson injured as well. So if, if Yang gets up to speed in the next couple of weeks, you might well find he's involved against Ross County in that opening game. Well, let's hear a bit more from Korean football expert Jason Lee. He's telling us what to expect from Kwon. He's also one that I am incredibly excited about. Um, really, really tall central defensive midfielder, uh, 190 centimeters. Um, he's really physical as well, good in the air. 
I've seen a few comparisons out there saying he's the Korean Rodri. I don't know if I agree with that. He has a bit of work to do with this passing, um, but defensively, um, he's very, very solid. And he's also one that has loads of potential for the future. And in Busan right now, he plays in a midfield three, definitely a bit more on the defensive side. And yeah, I, I know that a lot of Celtic fans, from what I've seen and what I've interacted with, um, have been calling for one of these defensive central midfielders. And I think that, you know, give him some time to adjust to a new league, to a new country, to a new environment, but he has loads of potential. And if Rogers, Brendan Rodgers works, works with him, I know that he's going to be a great player for Celtic as well. He certainly sounds like a different profile of defensive midfielder to Callum McGregor and Tomoki Iwata, who's played in there as well. I think he's about six foot three. Yeah. A big physical presence has been playing in the Korean second division. He's, he's 22 years old, Celtic, certainly seeing some potential in him. Yeah, and I think he's been likened physically to Rodri at Manchester City, that type of holding player. It was interesting you mentioned Callum McGregor there during Brendan Rodgers' first spell. He wasn't really the anchor in the midfield. Scott Brown was there and Callum was on one. So under Ange Postacoglu, Callum McGregor sat deep and it was Hattati and O'Reilly who went. So maybe Brendan Rodgers is looking for someone who can sit and allow Callum McGregor to, to step on and play the sort of number eight role, if you like, that he did during Brendan's first spell at the football club. Celtic have tried a couple of things. Iwata came in, you touched on... Oliver Abelgaard, Irigucci, McCarthy. They, they've tried a few solutions in there. None of them have really come to pass the way the club would have wanted. So Quan will be the next player that will try. But I have a feeling it may be a little while before before he's thrust into the first team picture. 01419511025 on the phones. Ian is a Celtic fan up first in Greenock. Ian, how are you tonight? Hi there, Andrew. How are you doing, Roger? Hi, Ian. Um, hope you're having a good evening, boys. You too. Um, I just uh, I've got a couple of points, Andrew, but I want to start with a wee tribute to the first million pound player, the Trevor Francis, and he had if you help me out here, Roger, I think he was he won back to back European Cups for Nottingham Forest he under won, the late Brian Clough. He signed, I think, in the February. There was no transfer windows in those days, and he was the first million pound player. Brian Clough didn't want to pay a million pounds for him. He wanted, he didn't want that tag round the player's neck. He wanted to pay. £999,999 and, and, and that nonsense was brushed aside by Birmingham and he signed for Forrest and three months later played in the European Cup final against Malmo and Munich scored the only goal headed at the back post John Robertson right. Scotland winger who went on to be Martin O'Neill's assistant at Celtic he, he crossed the ball in Francis headed home and he missed the final the next year he broke his leg in the build up to the final um, they played Hamburg Kevin Keegan's Hamburg in Madrid I think it was the second time and he missed out on a second medal because of that injury so it was an integral part for a couple of years that great Nottingham Forest team under Brian Clough and will always be remembered for that million pound price tag Yeah it was a, a fleeting spell he had in Scottish football it was just the one season yeah. at Rangers but just as a figure in, in British football overall whether it's as a player whether it's as a manager whether it's as a pundit he did co-commentary as well he's, yeah. he's just such a well-known person and well respected and, and so, so highly respected as well you know he was Graham he was Graham Souness's great friend they played together at Sampdoria in Serie A before Graham Souness came to Rangers Souness was very keen to bring him in he brought him in I think September 87 he played very soon after that in the League Cup final that famous 3-3 League Cup final against Aberdeen David Cooper scored a phenomenal free kick for Rangers 
went to penalties, Trevor Francis scored his penalty and he got his medal. But very soon after, I think his Rangers career lasted about seven or eight months. Andrew headed down south to QPR. There were coaching opportunities. He eventually took over as manager of QPR and he did have a successful management career. He took Sheffield Wednesday to two cup finals. He took Birmingham City to a cup final at Wembley as well. Hugely respected, highly regarded throughout the game and it'll be a big loss to the sport. Yeah, well said. Ian, what was your next point you wanted to make? Um, just the the, the two like, South Korean boys have come through the door. Um, they look the part. And I just listened to the boy Jason Lee um, talking highly of the first one. Um, but I think the big... Uh, I heard you try to pronounce the the Polish boy, Naroki. Uh, Nike Naroki, I think his name is. Uh, he's only 22. And Mike Naroki. Yeah, I, th- I think um, the, I think the Polish pronunciation is Navrotsky from from what I've seen, but certainly I'm sure there'll be plenty of ways it's pronounced over here. Is, is that one you're looking forward to? Hopefully, getting over the line. I think there's there's maybe been some photos leaked on social media that maybe show uh, Yang and Quan alongside him at, at Celtic's training ground. So it looks as if that one's not too far away at all. It's not too far away. I don't think Andrew, but I've got a funny feeling that um, Carol Starfield might move on. I think Spartak Moscow's put in a bid for them. It's not said any any figures. Have you heard any figures, Roger? No, not at all. I mean, he came to Celtic from the Russian league, Ruben Kazan. Um, I think he's done well as Celtic. You know, there a few critics early on in his Celtic career. I think playing alongside Cameron Carter-Vickers has really helped him. Um, and you could see, uh, towards the end of last season, when Carter-Vickers missed games in Celtic as a defensive unit didn't look as solid and I'll include Joe Hart and all of that that's how important I think Carter Vickers is to the whole thing but I I, I don't know I'll be, I would be surprised if Starfield went just yet I think Naroki I'll go with your pronunciation Ian I think Naroki could be an addition to go in and just you know ch- challenge Starfield because he didn't really have any challenges you know Morris Jens left Kobayashi didn't quite settle the way Celtic had hoped last season to the extent that you know, Iwata, who for me is a central midfield player, ended up playing centre-half in the cup final against Cali Thistle. So I think Celtic needed a central defender, just in terms of quantity, if you like. But I think they'll get a bit of quality as well. It does seem to be very highly regarded from the Polish league Wallachia. Is that the right profile of central defender you're wanting to see, Ian? He's 22 years of age. I think he's been on the fringes of the, the Polish national side as well. A player that, you know, can come in and play now, but has that potential to grow as well? Yeah, he's a he looks a big unit, um, Andrew and Roger. Um, but what I was what I was going to say, as I said to Martin, there's that, there's that many producers. <laughs> no, I mean, I said to Martin, am I going to speak to you through the course of the season? He said, I. Uh, he said, you know, I'll be here. He says, uh, and I said to him, I think I heard Roger saying it at the top of the show. I talking about a blockbuster signing. I think there's going to be two or three coming in, Roger. Because there's money there to spend. Now, the the Jeremy Frimpong situation is heating up because it's a bidding war, Roger. I mean, there's, it's not one or two teams, it's three or four teams that's looking at them. I'll and, let Roger come in on that because yeah. in terms of the money that you know Ian is wanting Celtic to spend that there's some quotes certainly from Brendan Rogers over in Japan that suggested that you know maybe it wasn't going to be three big signings people talking about 10 15 million pound signings Brendan Rogers kind of brushing that aside wasn't he the, the problem is with 10 or 15 million pound signings you've got to pay them 
is 10 or 15 million pound signings and the wage structure at Celtic and at Rangers for that matter isn't set up to be paying guys that you've paid 10 or 15 million pounds to get it's set up for paying guys at 3 and 5 and 6 million pound coming into the club so I could see Celtic going you know let's talk about Navrocke being something in the region of 4 million pounds which would take Celtic spending in the summer above the £10 million bracket when you throw in the two lads today and, and Tilio and home, it would go above £10 million. So, could you see Celtic spending another £10 million in this window? Yeah, yeah, I possibly could, but I don't think it'll be in one player. Well, thank you to Ian. Let's squeeze another in before the break. Brian, as a Celtic fan in Stirling, are you happy with those two signings today, Brian? Yes, excellent. Good evening, guys. Yes, really, really good signing. What, what we're looking here is a continuity of the, the Eastern programme. You know, Celtic is embedded in picking up and finding players before they come onto the radar, even really with other teams. But they've also got that connection with the team being five, six players from that area of the world. Um, it makes that continuity programme really strong with the countries uh, South Korea, Japan we saw Celtic in Japan there and I wanted to pick up on that um, and my wee pal Hugh will be listening we played against Marinos in the um, the first game and we got beat 6-4 I mean that's a team three quarters of the way through their season we sit, we're, we're on a we're on a, a um, an education programme you could say because Brendan Rodgers out there playing a number of players in the first half, number of players in the second half. He's, that's what that's what these things are for to get there and look. But we've got a, a, a great pundit like Hugh turning around and, and saying that it's slow. The program's slow. And I, I don't understand why um, a team that won the treble last year lost one player. It was Jota did not win the league on his own. Jota was a good intrinsic part of the Celtic machine, and it is becoming stronger. So I would say to the you know the teams that are coming up and the teams that are setting third, fourth, and fifth, you're, you're going to play a stronger Celtic under Brendan Rodgers. He's strengthening in areas. He's picking up players that will be programmes to go on and then to make money from because that is our model. And if it's a if it's a model that sees us winning trophies and trophies every season, then it's a, a really good model. The the thing I'm getting from not so much from the programme um, as um, on Twitter and on, on the other social medias. Celtic fans seem to be picking up on a... We're, we're, we're not buying big fancy players at 10 million you just mentioned. That's not our model. That won't work unless we can sell them for 40 and 50, which doesn't happen in the Scottish market. You can see the players going down south for the 18, 19, 20 million and then turning into 68, big Van Dyke. Um, all these things we've got to take into consideration when we're in the market. That's why this continuation programme will make Celtic stronger. Well, Brian, I'll put that to Roger because I think some Celtic fans maybe wondered what their transfer model was going to look like after Ange Postacoglu left and Brendan Rodgers came in because Ange Postacoglu had these links with you know, countries like Japan. But certainly it looks as if the model is continuing and obviously Ange Postacoglu is really the, the only cog that, that left from Celtic yeah. over the summer and it, they had a successful two years of recruitment when he was there and it looks as if they're continuing with that model. And I think what people forget is people naturally link Ange to the Japanese players coming in because of his time at Yokohama. But you have to remember Mark Lawwell, head of recruitment, was also involved at Yokohama 
Um, he was key to bringing Ange in in the first place. He's been key to bringing a lot of the players in. So when Ange goes, it isn't really surprising that the head of recruitment continues to recruit from an area that's borne fruit for Celtic before. Where a lot of the chat this summer comes from, Andrew Mintress at North Brian agrees, it's a very unique situation. Normally when a manager comes in, especially to one of the old firm clubs, that club's on a downer. That club's in, I don't want to say crisis, but you know, there's a new manager coming in because there's been a problem. There's been an issue. They need to lift the team back up. And inevitably people say, well, the way to lift a team back up is to spend five and six and seven million pounds on two and three and four players. Brendan Rodgers has come back to a team that's just won a domestic treble. It's already in the group stages of the Champions League. So there's not that nervous little start to the season when you need to qualify. There's very little wrong. They've only lost Jota. You know, it's not like when I suppose Coglu came in and 10 first-team players had left, either through freedom of contract or been sold. Aaron Moy uh, as well, but he wasn't Aaron Moy, always yeah, a regular starter. in the team, yeah, I'll give you that. But, you know, there's not a lot broken at Celtic. Therefore, there's not a lot in need of being fixed. Hence, he's just bringing in a few younger players that he can develop and make better. And at some stage, you know, they will go into the first team. That's the plan, certainly. Well, thank you to Brian. You could be up next if you give us a call 01419511025. We'll be looking at Rangers' situation with their potential Champions League qualifying opponents and also taking a closer look at that Danilo transfer as well. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard Into the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna in the studio with me Andrew McLean and you can get involved as well 0141 951 1025 a bit of transfer news that caught my eye today as well Jack Hendry Scottish player on his way to Saudi Arabia it looks like for like a fee of around six and a half million pounds from Club Bruges yeah uh, slightly less than Kylian Mbappe has been touted to go to Al-Hilal for today Andrew it's only a matter of time until a Scottish player went so many players are going Jordan Henderson I think became the first British player to go over when he signed for Stephen Gerrard's Al-Etifak I one. think that's the same team that Jack Henry's going to um, he has shown a great appetite for globetrotting in his time, Jack Henry. You know, even when he was at Celtic, went in a loan spell to Melbourne City. He then went to Belgium. He went over to Cremonese in Italy as well, back to Belgium for a second time. So he will go where the work is, where the football is. And in a World Cup year, a Euro year, I should say, it's to be hoped that moving to the Saudi Pro League which is a bit of an unknown quantity even despite some of the big name players there it's to be hoped it doesn't have a negative impact on these Scotland ambitions I mean the Kylian Mbappe stuff is just insane isn't it 300 million euros is the, the transfer fee there's talk of what around 700 million euros he'd earn in one year if you break that down that's 19 pounds a second he would yeah, be earning there is some irony that on the day of the sad passing of the first million pound player that the numbers now are just off the scale. Um, I'm still not convinced Kylian Mbappe will go. I think there could be something of a standoff between himself and PSG. His desire seems to be to go to Real Madrid next summer. Real Madrid certainly will not be matching the 249 or 59 million pounds that Al Hilal are putting up. They will believe that they can get their man for nothing next summer. And Mbappe might need to show a bit of metal that 
he wants to get through with that rather than going to Saudi. Well, Jack Hendry moving from Belgian football and it could be Belgian opponents that Rangers have in the Champions League qualifying third round because it is going to be the winner of Genk against Servette. Servette are the Swiss side. They finished second in the Swiss Super League last season. Genk finished second in the Belgian Pro League as well. I think they finished top of the initial phase of the, the Belgian Pro League and then they go to a playoff afterwards and they finished second overall. But what, what do you make of those two as potential opponents? Um, you said earlier on I wasn't a resident <laughs> expert in the K-League so I'm not going to pretend I'm, I know everything about either the Swiss or the Belgian League. Traditionally, Belgian teams do better in Europe. You would fancy Gink to probably get past Servette. Um, they've got a good name, good experience in Europe. I like Alec McLeish and our own Alec Ray. If you remember, we're at Genk for a period of time as well. Cyril Dessers and Yanis Hadji both had spells there yeah, too. Yeah, they did. And it, it sort of takes you back 12 months when Rangers played USG at the same stage of last year's Champions League. And after a very um, uncomfortable night in Belgium, they got through. Uh, they then beat PSV Eindhoven, who they could get again at the same stage this season. So I believe the team will be almost unrecognisable from the one that got through. Antonio Cholak scored that goal against PSV and Eindhoven a year ago. He's gone. So many others have gone. But the way Michael Beale is recruiting players at the minute, he will believe his squad is deep enough and strong enough that they can join Celtic in the groups. That's why it's so important that Michael Beale has got players in early because he's already made, is it seven signings up until this point? Yeah, There's, uh, you know, Danilo, who could well be joining as well in time for those games. And, and Sifuentes, Jose mm -hmm. Sifuentes signed a pre-contract. I think the belief is he will be in before the end of this transfer window as well. It would take it to nine. Um, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if incoming transfers went into double figures before the window shuts on the 31st of August. Uh, I have a feeling I might want another defender in as well. Uh, the Rangers fans have yet to see Dujon Sterling. He had that calf injury earlier on. We don't know how bad that is. Leon King, we do know, is going to be out for a period of time. So I wonder if there will be another defender just added after Danilo and Sifuentes. Interestingly, Michael Beale did say after their friendly at the weekend that John Leifeco, who has made a couple of yeah. uh, substitute appearances in pre-season, has given him some food for thought with his performances and whether he maybe dips into the market for another defender or puts more trust in him. Yeah, and listen, there's loads of circumstances to it. We don't know how long Sterling's going to be out for. There is interest in Borna Barisic. He could be one who may go, and that might force Michael Beale's hand to bring in another defender. I know what he means about Fickle. He seemed to do well at the weekend, but you need to remember, you know, James Sands, Philip Hollander, they went as well towards the end of last season, so it wouldn't surprise me if there was one more added just to get the numbers up. Well, Kenny, as a Rangers fan, up next in Gurek. Kenny, what's on your mind tonight? Well, um, thanks for taking my call. Um, you're talking about the, the boy you were talking about there, I'm sure how I pronounce his name, um, the defender. I thought he's done really well in the two games. But the one that's impressed me, I think, out of the youngsters that's coming through is the boy Bailey Rice. Um, I think the last time I've seen a 16-year-old coming on in the Rangers team and won the ball and wanted to control the game was probably Barry Ferguson, you know, like coming through. Um, I know it's like big shoes to mention him having the same, but he's definitely got the look of Barry Ferguson about him. Um, I think he's a brilliant prospect. I know we got him from Motherwell. Uh, it didn't actually come through ranks, but he, he looks an absolute uh, steal. Yeah, Roger, I've seen a lot of praise over the past few days for Bailey Rice and his performances from the bench and Rangers friendlies. He is only 16 years old, born in 2006, but do you think with the, the performances he's he's put in, he's 
will get a bit of game time this season. Rangers do have quite a lot of midfielders, so he's got a lot of competition in there. He does, but um, extremely highly rated, as Kenny said. I was actually at Livingston last season for Super Scoreboard covering the game when he made his Rangers debut, and it was a bizarre set of circumstances because he played for Scotland's youth team in Spain on the Friday. Rangers specifically flew him back to be on the bench at Livingston with a view to giving him his debut. They want Bailey Rice, even at 16, to feel involved with the first team, to feel, feel that his future is with Rangers. Um, and it's similar, Kenny's right, he came from Motherwell, very similar to what Motherwell are trying to do with Lennon Miller at the minute. They want to integrate these young, quality Scottish players into the squad. They want to make them feel involved. They want to get them used to playing in that first team environment. Kenny mentioned Barry Ferguson. Barry was actually a bit older when, when he really got that first taste because he'd only really been in the periphery under Walter Smith first time around. It was when Dick Advocate came to the club in 98 that, that Barry started getting into the team. And from what I've seen, I've seen in Bailey Rice, physically, he strikes me as been a bit physically bigger than Barry Ferguson was. Um, at 16, he would be able to handle himself in that environment, I think. But as you see, Andrew, there's an awful lot of competition there. There'll be more if Jose Sifuentes comes in. But at some stage, Bailey Rice will be in that first team. Kenny, how are you feeling about the Rangers squad? We've seen the, the potential opponents for the uh, Champions League third round qualifying. Uh, is the squad in good shape heading into that? I think so. Um, I've watched, uh, I've seen the two games. I took the package for all the pre-season friendlies and I watched the Newcastle game. I thought we were pretty poor in that, to be honest with you, in the first half. Um, particular ones from in uh, Ryan Jack I've seen it be struggling pretty badly so far I can see them to find it very hard um, to get a start especially once in that midfield um, with the new players that's coming in because he seems to be to me off the boil quite a bit um, I've also been impressed with Yilmaz uh, fullback I think Barisic if he wants to go to Forest he can go I think we've got more and uh, a replacement who's better than him you know ready to come in um, Lammers he looks very very good Raskin, well, we've seen him last season, and just uh, he's not really the break, I don't think, because he was already the Belgian under 21 team for most of the summer, but he just seems to have took back over where he left off. So, no, all in all, I'm very happy. Yeah, over the next few weeks, there are going to be a lot of questions answered in terms of who Michael Beale's picks are, because he has a big squad, and you would expect that some will move out in the next few weeks, but... You know, Kenny's speaking about some players like John Lundstrom and Ryan Jack who played a lot of football last yeah. season. You wonder how much they'll play because there is so much competition, not only in that midfield area, but in the final third as well. Yeah, um, right through the team. I mean, I think Yilmaz is already ahead of Barisic. I think Yilmaz will start the season as Rangers' first choice left back. Um, if you're playing two holders, which you would expect Michael Beale to do most of the time, I think Raskin will be one. So who is the other? Is it Sifuentes when he comes in? As Kenny touched upon, could Bailey Rice come into the equation somewhere there? I think Ryan Jack is ahead of John Lundstrom. And Lundstrom, like Barisic, I think he's entering the last year of his deal. You just wonder if these guys could, could be offloaded. Do you before. think John Lundstrom is that far down the pecking order? Because at the end of last season, you look at Michael Beale talking about experienced players and yeah, I think the three he mentioned he were Tavernier, Goldson and John yeah. Lundstrom he was given the captain's armband at, at one point in the game on Saturday yeah. he's certainly a, a player that Michael Beale seems to rate uh, Absolutely but you, you, you know if you keep bringing in players you're bringing them in for a reason because they're better than the players who are already there you look at the final third in has come 
Seymour, who played at the weekend. Lammers, who scored against Newcastle. Dessers is in there as well. Danilo, they're desperate to get and probably will get in the next few days, I would expect, Andrew. You've still got Tom Lawrence coming back, Kamal Roof coming back. They can't all play. So I'm really, really interested to see that Saturday night at Kilmarnock. It's only a week and Saturday away, the first game of the season. Fascinated to see the makeup of the Rangers team because at the minute, I just don't have a handle on who is going to be Michael Beale's first choices. Kenny, Roger mentioned Danilo there. It looks as if the club are going all out to try and make him their next signing. Is that one that you're hoping gets over the line? Yeah, I hope so. Um, I've seen on some of the chats tonight that reports coming over they've now accepted a £5.5 million uh, bid plus add-ons, but that's not been confirmed yet. But yeah, I'd like to see him coming in. The other one that's impressed me, and I don't know if it's just because I'm watching him on the TV, but he looks as if he's bulked up as uh, Hadji. He looks as if he's bulked right off from last season. Yeah, I mean, he, he did have a year out, so I think naturally a lot of players end up spending a lot of time in the gym. It'll be interesting to see how much game time Giannis Hadji gets, how he's utilised as well by Michael Beale. He seemed to play a wee bit deeper at times in some of the uh, appearances he's had in pre-season. Yeah, it's been a long summer. I'm more interested to see if Gordon Dale or Mark Wilson have bulked up over the summer, I have to say. But Hadji, I wonder, you know, he was out for so long. It was a horrible injury he got in that Scottish Cup tag against Stirling Albion 18 months ago. Um, he only was reintegrated the later weeks of last season. He didn't look like the Hadji of before and he's another one I'll be interested to see does he have a long term future at Rangers but you know he's still got a great reputation he's a terrific player Rangers would have no trouble I think moving him out to a, a, you know, a, a decent European side for a decent sum of money um, but there are so many forward going players now I think Yanis Hadji might find it hard to get the game time that he wants Andrew well, thank you to Kenny. After the break, we will be taking a look at the League Cup results from over the weekend. But before that, let me tell you about this. Oh, you're kidding me on. Oh, thank you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. The Cash Register. Payday payouts. Clyde won. Well, Jo was surrounded by her colleagues when she got the Cash Register call. I work as a care home manager, so the residents will begin a wee treat very soon. I'm just going through some of my colleagues. Does anybody do the cash register? That's Grant Thompson. I've just won £46,000 on the radio. Yeah, she was in complete shock. She'll pay off some bills, treat her workmates and hopefully herself as well. But now it's your chance to win £47,777 tomorrow when we make the next call. But you need to be in the draw. And if you win, you get the cash the same day. So enter now. Text YES to 61025. That's Y-E-S to 61025. If you get a call from us after three o'clock tomorrow, answer it within five rings and make sure you know the correct cash register amount. Texts are £2 plus your standard network rate. Online entry is £2 or call 0330 Calls are charged at the standard rate. It's over 18s only. All the rules for this Hits Radio Network Scotland competition are on our website. So text YES to 61025 for your chance to win £47,777. Good luck. 0141-951-1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna in the studio with me, Andrew McLean. Still time for you to get involved as well. 0141-951-1025. There was plenty of League Cup games on yeah. Saturday. Loads of interesting ones as well. Some of the ones that stuck out to me. 
St Mirren with a 4-0 win over Arbroath and it couldn't really have been a better start for Stav Nakmani who is signed on loan initially from Maccabi Haifa there is a an option to buy him next summer but to come off the bench and score two goals what an introduction to Scottish football yeah and he, he does seem to have impressed everybody I think uh, Ryan Strain was the last player that St Mirren signed from the Israeli league did very well he knew Nakmani from over there um, and if you're going to make an impact come off the bench in your debut at home in a cup tie and score a couple of goals and already he's been embraced by, by the St Mirren support and I don't think there's too many remembering Curtis Main at the minute you know the guy who's going to replace this season so that was going goals were always going to be the worry for Stephen Robinson this year with, with Main going out of the team he might just have found the man straight away the, the one that stuck out for me though Airdrie just oh, up yeah. into the championship beating Dundee Reese McCabe the player manager with the late penalty they always tend to get a scalp every yeah. year or, or most years in the League Cup group stages I think is it Motherwell and St Mirren in previous years they've they've beaten and then Dundee this time round yeah and they've done well I actually saw them losing up at Dens in the Scottish Cup for Super Scoreboard last year 2-2 at 90 minutes did a player sent off in stoppage time and then lost would you believe four goals in the extra half hour and out 6-2 but they actually they impressed me any time I saw them last season Airdrie and Coming up from League One, I don't think they'll be cannon fodder in the Championship this season. Reese McCabe, obviously, player-manager, as you say, scoring mm -hmm. that last-minute penalty. Only turned 31 today. Mm -hmm. And it's quite a job he's doing for, you know, someone that had never been in a managerial position before and was kind of just thrust into it. Yeah, he was thrust into it. And he, I, when he first got the job, I thought he said a couple of things that maybe set himself up a wee bit when he was talking about dinosaur managers and, you know, the young guys needed their chance and I thought, you're setting yourself up for a fall. And so far, there hasn't been that fall. And I thought when he spoke after the playoff win against Hamilton Ackes at the end of the season, it was almost like a different person speaking from the start of the season, almost as if something had, you know, a penny had dropped with him of how to, how to, you know, conduct yourself in front of the media because he spoke absolutely brilliantly at the end of that game against Ackies he works very closely with Callum Fordyce his player assistant manager Callum's passed on the captaincy to Adam Frizzell this summer um, they've brought in some new players there's goals in the team Callum Gallagher Gabby McGill if you've got goals in your team it's, you've got half a chance. Like Nikolai uh, Todorov as well from yeah, Dunfermline, who scored on his debut. Absolutely, and they've got some. You know, they've got a good mix there of the experience that comes with McCabe and Fordyce still playing. Gallagher's an experienced player from his day at, days at Rangers as well, and a few younger lads. And I think they'll do okay. A much needed win for Jim Goodwin and Dundee United as well. Yeah, yes, it is only yeah. Peter Head at home, but it needed to be three points. And listen, he did need it because he's back on the TV tomorrow night at Falkirk. This is a Falkirk side who went and won at Partick Thistle at the weekend. Uh, John McGlynn's got them well set up. Wouldn't surprise me if they won League One this season. So they will be looking at Dundee United. And even though they've beaten Peterhead at home at Tannadice, that isn't exactly going to refill all the lost confidence of those defeats to Spartans and to Partick Thistle. And I think it could be another nervous night for Jim Goodwin tomorrow. Well, let's go back to the phones. John is a Celtic fan in Coatbridge. John, what's on your mind? Evening, Roger, Andrew. Thanks Hi, John. Hi, John. Uh, no, as, I, I was, as I was talking to uh, the producer there when I was phoning my phone in, uh, obviously these two the boys have signed, they look good, obviously, but you don't see a bad clip of people on YouTube, right? And I like the look of the big centre half. But 
Roger, I, I watched the games last week uh, And the young boy I, I know they're talking going out and loan But the young boy is at Lovell You call him a Lovell Yeah uh, Celtic I, I think he'd be a good one this year To keep or, or even As I said to the boy Even put him in a loan To an Aberdeen Or a Hibs or something like that Because he, he looked impressed me I know it's only pre-season But every time I've watched that boy There's a presence about him I really like to look at that boy. Do you think Brendan will keep him this season or let him go and loan? And you know something? It'll, it'll be fascinating to see as well. It's not just a while. You could speak about Ben Summers who got a wee taste of the first team towards the end of the Postecoglou reign. You could extend it to Rocco Vata who again was in the team towards the end of last season with the injuries to Alistair Johnson and to Tony Ralston. You know, Ben McPherson, young Josh Deddy. There are a few coming through from Lennox Town And one of the previous callers there, John Kenny he, he mentioned Bailey Rice at Rangers Celtic now have got four or five of those players And they will need first team football And I think, you know, once Celtic get towards the end of the window It will be a decision for Brendan Rodgers Whether that first team football comes at Celtic Or whether, as you say, he loans those players out Because I don't... I understand why... Teams go into the Lowland League I'm not sure the Lowland League Is the right level For the Lawals or the Summers Or the Vatas or the McPhersons To develop the way they need to develop So I think you could bring I think these guys If they're not going to be part of Brendan's first team plans this season John Celtic should try and loan them out At as high a level as they possibly can John? I, I totally agree with you Roger And as I said What I was saying as well uh, Every time I've seen that boy, he looks a good player, that level, a lol. Yeah. And uh, as I say, Ben Summers, he'll come on with a wee cameo at the end. Uh, but I would like to still see Roger, uh, obviously I spoke to, I think we were sure a couple of weeks ago about the goalkeeping situation. Yeah. I like the look of the big Croatian goalkeeper. I think, obviously, Joe Hart's done well for us, but obviously the howler the first goal last week against the, the Japanese team, Yokohama. But I'd, I'd still like to see another signing uh, with a goalkeeper. Yeah, and I, I think, think, I think Dominic Lavakovic is on his way to Fenerbahce. It looks like that's one yeah, that Celtic will miss out on. Again, we're talking about money. I think um, Fenerbahce have got... I think it's, it was at an £8.9 million release clause in his contract, only €10 million. Euros. That would be a bit rich for any Scottish club, really. As a very good goalkeeper, um, I think he'll do well at Fenerbahce. But, uh, listen... I mean, everyone saw the games last week, John. Joe Hart had a ropey end to the season. I like Joe Hart, but he had a ropey end to the season and that first goal in Yokohama last week um, didn't do anything to restore the confidence of the fans. So it is one that... Uh, I think Joe Hart will only be comfortable if he gets to September the 1st and Celtic haven't signed another keeper. Would you expect him to be Celtic's number one this season? Yeah. Yeah? I, I still would. I still would, to be honest with you, Andrew. But... I wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't put the mortgage on it. There is also Benjamin Segrist and, and Scott Bain. Are those options not doing it for you, John? Oh, I, I like Benjamin Segrist. I thought he would have challenged last year, but for some reason or another, uh, he just didn't do it. No, I mean, but I, I, I like that, the look at that Benjamin Segrist. But as I say, I like the look at the big creation goalkeeper. And could I just say, Roger, uh, rest in peace, Trevor Francis. I, I, I met him, I played with Notts Forest Boys Club, 84, 85, and... He was down. I met him once, and he was a lovely, lovely guy. Know what I mean, I obviously didn't like him when he went to Rangers a couple of years later, but <laughs> <laughs> but he was an awful, awful nice guy. And it's sad news at only sixty nine. So rest in peace, Trevor. Nice world, John. He was a gentleman. Any time dealings with him in the media, he was a lovely man. Anyone you speak to, I spoke to one of his former teammates, Jimmy Nicholas, this afternoon, and you know people tell great stories. And he is one of these guys that no one I've come across has ever had a bad word to say against him. 
Yeah, well, thank you to John. Unfortunately, that is all we've got time for tonight. But thank you very much to Roger Hanna in studio. Thank you for all your calls, all your tweets, and for listening at home as well. This is the final week of one-hour shows. We'll be back to two hours next week, and that just shows how close we are to the start of the new season. But it will be a busy week in Scottish football, so make sure to stay tuned from Monday to Friday. I'll be back here tomorrow night with Mark Wilson from 6 o'clock, but stay right there because Amber's up next and she's got tickets to win for Busted and Hanson.